irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. This is Max and Friends. I'm your host, Max Tucci. Welcome back to another Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever day you're tuning into <laughs> to Max and Friends. You know, 14 years is going to be that I'm here this year on Max and Friends on LA Talk Radio. And, you know, in the last couple of years, we expanded to all podcasting platforms. I still don't know what all that shit means, but it's what it is. We're everywhere. <laughs> so find us. And you don't have to find us on Sundays anymore. I remember I used to get so many emails from you guys at Max Tucci on Instagram, at Max Tucci, at Twitter, and direct messages. And you'd be like, oh, it's so late on a Sunday. How can I tune in? I'd be like, oh, on Mondays, latalkradio.com backslash Max. And you're like, oh, is there any way? And I said, look, now we're everywhere. So y'all could pick me up, love me, listen, tune in. If you don't love me, that's fine too. And let me know why you don't. Um, I'm open for that discussion. And so tomorrow um, is my day, Valentine's Day. We were thinking, let's talk about love. And let's talk about a movie that recently aired, Calling Being the Ricardos. Let's talk about I Love Lucy. Let's talk about this book that was written by Lee Tannen, who's joining me in just a moment. I loved Lucy. So we're just going to have this theme of conversation here. And before we get into the conversation, how are you all doing? What's going on with your life? So it's been an interesting week. Um, I'll leave it at that. And just to let you know that the truth that has crushed the ground shall always rise again. So if you're doing a project that you're working on and it's your passion and it's your purpose and if speed bumps get in the way, what I offer you in this moment right now is to just get behind the wheel of your favorite car and keep going. Step on the gas. If you're going through hell, don't stop. Trust that if your purpose and your everything will be okay because everything already is okay. So the, there's a couple things that maybe aren't okay, like the movie being the Ricardos, and that we'll talk about tonight here on Max and Friends. But, um, you know, I always say this every year when it comes time to my birthday, that it was the day that I took my first breath. That was the day my father took his last. Um, on my eighth birthday, my father passed away. And it took me many years to get through, not the anger of his death, but the anger of the abandonment and all these roles that were placed on me. And they are all in a new book about meditation that is for sale right now on Amazon and all um, of your favorite places to buy books. The book is called Meditation, Intimate Experiences with the Divine Through Contemplative Practices. And if you get it right now, it's on Amazon. $16.99. It'll be there in one day, two days, depending on where you live. And um, I say that because meditation is a big part of my life. I'm one of these spiritual gurus. I'm a spiritual, <laughs> I call myself a gangster, a spiritual gangster, because it's not like I'm all in white chanting Om Shanti all day long. You know, life gets real. I use it to help me go through what I'm going through. So I hope the story and 37 authors, 222 pages of motivational stories and inspiration are in the book featuring sister, Dr. Jenna, Jean Houston, some wonderful people. 
and get the book. It's really great. There's really great stories. And let me know about how it changed your life, how and because it's clearly changed my life. I mean, those of you who know me know. And for those of you that don't read the book and you'll understand. Um, it was really the moment where in the book, I say my fuck you became my thank you to my father. Uh, for many years, I was pissed, like I said. Um, and as a child, I just thought he was going away to Italy, to the restaurant. He'll be back. I had no idea. And so, again, the roles of, you know, that my mother gave me of like the husband role, the father role, the this role were just unbearable for me. And I was at Kashi Ashram in Florida, Majaya. And Ma said, go for a walk and just meditate and be still. And I was in this old train car on this property, 70 something acres in Sebastian, Florida. And I was sitting there and it dawned on me, um, this revelation where my fuck you turned into my thank you, that my father's death gave me my life. And so more about it in meditation, intimate experiences with the divine through contemplative practices. Thank you, Sacred Stories, for publishing the book and for making me a part of it. Kindle, $7.99, get it, love it, read it, let me know about it, at Max Tucci. So we got a lot to talk about, and I wish you all happy Valentine's Day. You know, you know here by now, let love be the way. Um, if you fuck it right, apologize, up in the face it, get real, face it, erase it, replace it, Dr. Grace Cornish kind of a, uh, <laughs> a, a motto, face it, erase it, replace it, make love, not war, you know, all those good sayings. And um, if you don't have anyone on Valentine's Day, love yourself even more this year. You're here. You made it. We made it through. You know, we were just doing our thing. So let me stop talking because we got a guest that's going to come on. And the two of us together, I know for sure, my friend Tommy introduced us. We are going to have a good old talk fest. You remember that show, This Is Your Life? Well, my next guest has quite the life. In 2001, St. Martin Press published his hardcover book called I Loved Lucy. And it's a great story about friendship with his friend, Lucille Ball, in the last decade of her life. How many friends do you have that in the last 10 years of their life, you could have a memory and a memoir and a book of? You know, every day with a friend is an interesting journey. Every day with a friend learns friends because I like to say the first time you're friend, the second time you're family. But Lee's life has been an interesting one. I love the fact that he's had shows all over London, and then, of course, New York. And he's got so much to talk about. From Tony Award-winning Tommy Toons to Dr. Doolittle to all the world's a stage to Barbara Cook, who my mother resembles. <laughs> Leah's written special material for Joan Rivers, Elizabeth Taylor, Shirley MacLaine. I remember back in the day where Shirley MacLaine, when she was doing all the chakra stuff, and I was too young to understand it. And I was watching all those old Shirley MacLaine videos on chakras thinking, why the fuck are I seeing anything? So um, yes, he currently resides in Hudson Valley with his partner, Tom, and two beloved Shih Tzus, Gypsy and Lancelot. So without any further ado, Lee Tannen, this is your life. Welcome to me. I'm, uh, I was kind of mesmerized by you. I'm just losing this kind of a deep state of you talking about meditation. I sort of, I sort of meditated on your meditations. So. Nice, nice. So, Sam, if you can text me, I don't know if you're hearing an, um, some sort of a delay on his side, but we might have to uh, bring me back, play a little Max and Friends jingle, and we're going to come back in just a second. I'm going to reintro the show because we're live. This is how we do it. No mistakes. And um, we're going to be right back. And when we're back, we're going to reintroduce Lee Tan into the show. That's what happens when you do live things. Hey, Sam, 
Can you throw in a Max and Friends and call me right back so we can pick this up where we left off on? Max and Friends, he says what he wants, ain't holding nothing back. might be Max and Friends, but Lee Tannen, this is your life. Welcome to Max and Friends. Thank you. Thank you. How are you? Now I'm great because I hear you. Before it was like you were coming in from Mars. How are you? No, I'm just coming in from the Hudson Valley. I'm fine. How are you? (laughs) And happy happy VD. Happy VD. Yes, indeed. And there is no venereal disease here, just a Valentine's Day. So happy, happy VD to you, too. <laughs> May all your VDs be happy, well. Lee. May all your VDs be happy. <laughs> Thank so, you. May all my VDs have a happy ending, yes. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> there's, there's the title of your next book. But we have to talk about happy. your book, I Love Lucy. <laughs> but before we get cheer into up, that. Man. Cheer up, man. Cheer up. Cheer up, Lee. You're like a good cup of coffee at 11 o'clock at night. But here's the story. Let's go back to the genesis of your life. Tell us where you were born and how you welcomed yourself into life. Where were you born? And tell me your story. Well, it's funny you should say that because I I related to you right away. My my mother died on my birthday, on my 55th birthday. It wasn't my 8th birthday. It was my 55th birthday. But a parent dying on your birthday is kind of a weird thing, isn't it, Max? It's kind of just, it's just, it's just weird. My mother was very theatrical. I'm just segueing into something. My mother was very theatrical, and I think she wanted to make sure that when I went to see her grave, her tombstone, that she would, I would remember her date of death because it was my date of birth. It's kind of weird to see that on somebody's tombstone. But anyway, she died on my 55th birthday. I was born in woman's hospital i was always ashamed to say that because i thought it meant that i had to be a woman to be born there but it was just because women <laughs> were in that hospital <laughs> true so i never said woman's hospital until i was very secure in my sexuality which was a few months ago no um but no seriously um and i went to school in manhattan and uh i um worked in manhattan for lots of years in advertising I was very much a part of that Shirley MacLaine, by the way, Chakra business. I, I did the advertising for her books that she had out. I wrote commercials for Going Within and Out on the Limb and all those kind of things. I can't even remember, but she was uh, she's a character. A big character. And, you know, I remember watching those videos. I was like 12 or 13. My mother had them in the house. And I was like, it was like hieroglyphics to me. I was like, what is she saying? I didn't understand. But what I know is that it was setting a huge foundation to my really in meditation. You're a New Yorker, born and raised. Yes, I love, yes, you know, me too. Bred. I'm a New Yorker, born and bred in New York, aren't we all? So, you know, my father and grandfather had Delmonico's, Oscar's Delmonico downtown in the Wall Street area for many years from 1926 on. And, um, New York is like always, it's like the best place, I think, to grow up and to be born in. I love saying that I was born in New York. What hospital are you? Oh, you mm-hmm. were born in the women's hospital. I was born in women's New York. Um, yeah, I was born in New York hospital. I think it was called like Lion's Inn back in the day. But so. Lion's Inn? Reese, Sounds like a restaurant yeah. you were born in. Well, I probably was born in the restaurant. My mom just, you know, never had the, the, the balls to tell me that I was probably born on the table at Delmonico's. 
That's going to be my next right. book. That, born that, on that, the table. That's why you were. That's why you were born and bred. Get it? <laughs> Absolutely. You, bred, you know, and I, my mom probably can see under the table. I probably won't share my mom's story though here tonight because we have your story to share. So. Let's talk about, first and foremost, I want to talk about the film that, ev not everybody, but a huge amount of people are raving about. And you know what the film is called, Being the Ricardos. For me, ah, I was watching it, I fell asleep a couple times, and I love Nicole Kidman. I love her in, in um, Cold Mountain. I love her in a lot of movies. I think she's beautiful and graceful and stunning. Tell me your take on Being the Ricardos. You don't really want to know my take on being the Ricardos. I do <laughs> because really so don't. many people I, are talking about it, and I know that this is like the only time where you can say instead of I love Lucy, I hate Lucy. So tell me about it. Yeah, well, I, the only thing I could say, because it's a it's very polarizing film. A lot of people love it. A lot of people hate it. Um, I'm in the latter camp, to be honest. I'm not going to comment on performances but I have to say that I think Aaron Sorkin was way off base in the story he told because mm -hmm. he fictionalized it. And the story is so compelling in its truth and honesty. If he did his homework, he could have made a great film and been nominated for writing and directing and film, which it wasn't. So mm -hmm. uh, I, I just think it's a, it was a misstep. And I, and I like Aaron Sorkin. I like a lot of his work. But right. I think this film suffered from fictionalization I, I know you have to dramatize of course I, I have I'm in the process of hoping to make a film of my book and I understand that things have to be dramatized otherwise it becomes a documentary but I think fictionalization is very very tricky when you have such iconic people and if he did his homework and he went into that period that era that he mm -hmm. does on film and told the story as it was with some dramatization of secrecy and what I found most jarring, for lack of a better word, was that there was no humor in the film. Right. <laughs> there was no humor in a film about Lucille Ball. I mean, that's like saying there's no horror in a film about Boris Karloff or something. You know, <laughs> I mean, there's just, there's, you know what I mean? There's The Mummy without horror. There's, you know, Bride of Frankenstein, a light comedy. There was no, um, there was no humor, <laughs> you know, I mean. There's more humor in those three sentences that there was in the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I'm definitely funnier than Aaron Sorkin. There's no question. But Lucy, Lucy seriously, Lucy's whole—I um, knew about this because she told me about this period of her time. So I wish they would have, you know, sort of come to me. But nobody came to me because that's obviously Aaron Sorkin likes to do it Aaron Sorkin's way. But basically, all Lucy wanted during that period was to make people happy and to laugh. And she realized how brilliant the art was. If you're watching. Yeah, paradin of a woman, and she just she just wasn't like that. So, I I didn't I didn't care for the movie. So we're going to talk about that. You know, because here's the truth. It's so funny how you say that. Because from you know, it's interesting. I have like a, a certain story with with the restaurant with Delmonico's. There was a book written about it called Ten Restaurants That Change America, and Delmonico's was featured in it. The building was on the cover, and then you read the story, and they missed like seventy years of Delmonico's golden era which is when my grandfather ran the restaurant. And so I was like, all you have to do is call me and I would have given you all these stories. And I feel like the same goes for you. All that someone had to do was pick up the phone and call you and be like, tell me about I Loved Lucy. So let's talk about your book. Yeah. It's an autobiographical memoir of I Loved mm -hmm. Lucy. And how did you first meet Lucille Ball? Well, 
when I was about nine years old, I into distant, distant cousin, which I kind of describe in the book as, you know, my father's first cousin, sister's husband's brother's mother's, well, you know, that kind of thing. But Godfather. We were, we were mishpucha, as we call it in our tribe. We were mishpucha family. And um, I met her briefly after she got married, and I was totally awestruck and sat with her for two hours and didn't say a word, which you could tell is not my lot in life not to speak up. Um, and then about, uh, 20 something years later, 30 years, uh, 20 years later, I was coming back from Hawaii with my partner where we had a house and she wasn't working at the time. She had been finished with all her series and through Gary's sister, Gary married Lucy through her his sister, Helen, she got me sort of like an invitation to the house and I went there and, um, it was kind of kismet. It was just it was like love at first sight, and uh, and and I just became very close to her in the last decade of her life. It was an important decade for her. Um, obviously, she didn't know it was the last decade of her life, but it was an important decade for her because she was kind of rediscovering what she could do outside the spotlight. And it was an important decade for me because I was coming out as a gay man, and um, with all that entailed back in the day, not like today, there wasn't anything as there was it wasn't fluid. It wasn't fluid. Right. You were solid. You were solid gay or you were solid straight. And if you were solid gay, you weren't too solid. So um, I, I had a lot of uh, issues with my family, with my parents. And Lucy was just totally, totally accepting of who I was. And that made me feel very authentic. And so we kind of like saved each other, if you will. You know, I kind of Absolutely. Saved, I saved her from from a lot of stuff that was going on in life, and she gave me the sense of um, purpose, and that who I was was just perfect as it was. You know, I love this for you, and I love the fact that you know there's this beautiful connection that you and Lucille Ball had. So, for my curiosity, you know, I love being a voyeur, and I would love to know, paint us a picture of a day that you would spend with Lucy. How did it start? How did the connection happen? Would you call her and then show up? How was a typical day with Lucy like? Well, there was no such thing as a typical day because there were days that I was spending at the house in Beverly Hills in the guest house. So that was a day that I would just, that, that's probably the best day to talk about those days because when I was back in New York, it was a different situation. I was calling on the phone once a week or twice a week. But when I was out there for long periods of time staying in the guest house, it was, um, I would wake up, you know, 7, 38 o'clock. I would uh, go into the kitchen where the, the, the with a schmear of cream cheese, you know, it's all very <laughs> Jewish. And uh, then I would go into the den and I would watch a couple of I Love Lucy episodes. And she had these all the episodes she had on VHS, I think at that time, yeah. And then she had the beautiful leather-bound print uh, books of all the scripts in there. So I would take episode 38 and then I would look at episode 38, the script, and I would follow along and I would see the notes that they wrote in the script. These were original scripts. And then Lucy would come down about 11 o'clock. Sometimes, sometimes I would go out to the Beverly Hills Hotel, to the Fountain Room, which was a coffee shop at the Beverly Hills Hotel, which okay. I could walk to because Lucy, Lucy would not let me drive in Beverly Hills. You see, she didn't, she didn't trust me to drive, so I could only walk. And um, so I walked to the Beverly Hills Hotel, which is about a mile, which I loved. And I had breakfast with a lady named Thelma Orloff, who was a friend of Lucy. I would have my eggs and bacon and cream cheese and whatever. And then I'd have to be back in the house by 11 because then we'd play backgammon. Backgammon was a very big part of her life in the last decade. And so 
subsequently became a big part of my life because if you didn't play with Lucy, you didn't stay with Lucy. That was kind of like her meditative <laughs> mantra, if you will, you know. And and then we'd play backgammon all day, literally. We'd stop for lunch, just enough to eat, and then we'd play, and then she would rest at 4 or 5 o'clock, and then we would eat dinner at exactly 6 or 6.30 and watch Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. And then we would play some more, and about 10 o'clock she got tired and she went to sleep, and I went back to the guest house and resumed a normal life for myself for an hour or two, and then I went to sleep, and it started all over again. It was it was like a prison of paradise, you know. It was I was I was, oh. I, was I was a prisoner of paradise. It um, sounds so perfect. <laughs> you know, well, it I was had perfect if you, if you didn't want to go out, you know. Yeah, I had an aunt um, who was very similar to this story, and her name was Katina Renieri, and Katina was a very famous Italian songstress. Her husband was Rizzo Tolani, who was a composer. He did Fellini movies. His last score was the Django movie. And Katina and I really didn't reconnect until, oh gosh, probably like 38 years after I first met her. And um, we, I went to Rome. I was doing a cooking show, and she asked me to come and stay with her at the villa. And it was very much like that. You know, she would play her scores for me. She would, you know, we would play with her Oscars and her Grammys and her Golden Globes. And it was just like this, like such a romantic affair to be able to be with this woman who was clearly, you know, she was, I was in my 30s, she was in her 80s, but we had such the best time together. And like the celebration of life and just being in the presence, she wore big caftans and huge sunglasses and big jewelry and the hair was always up or pulled back, you know, she was just over the top. And to be able, I think for you and we to share these moments with these women who are just so like amazing, eccentric, but you know, they play such a huge part in our lives. And I understand it because I loved those days with my aunt Katina. And so, and we had similar days. It was a going to the pool and, you know, then lunch and then dinners. And it was just so much fun. But I love that this book, I Loved Lucy, if you're all interested, you can get it now by Lee Tannen. And in 2010, it was adapted for the stage where it premiered at the Laguna Playhouse. So let's go back to the premiere of the show. And when you saw it for the first time on stage, what was going through your being at that moment? Well, I was scared shit because <laughs> it's one thing to have people read about you on the page, but it's to really um, put yourself out there, you know, because the book and the play is a very, uh, what I call a warts and all, you know, it's not a, sycophantish look. It's not, you know, even though I was very in awe of her at the beginning of my time with her, by the end of her life, I was kind of like the caregiver to her. She became sort of like this mm -hmm. surrogate mother, grandmother, you know, to me, mother. And so, but seeing yourself portrayed um, and seeing Lucy portrayed, personified is, um, it's a, it's a scary thing. It was, um, it was very satisfying ultimately. Um, although I did, the, I actually pulled the play after that run. It was very well attended, but I was not happy with certain things. And so I began to rewrite it. And that process took me five years. And then we then we decided to take it to London. And it did really, really well in London. It had three so in, successful runs. Yeah, I played West End at the prestigious German Street Theater. Um, who played you? Oh, there were, like, there were six or seven. There were six or seven different leads throughout the... You know, there was a Lee in, in California, and then there mm -hmm. was, like, 
four or five of these. There was because we did a workshop, which is what you do, and before you kind of premiere something, you just test things out. So there was a lead during that, and then the German Street Theater just to go and correct a little bit. The German Street Theater was an off West End, what we consider like uh, off Broadway here. That was off West End. That was a very small theater. We did three runs there. They have what they call seasons. So they do, you do a run like for seven weeks or nine weeks and then something else comes in. So there were three different leads there. Then we moved to the West End to the Arts Theater. And then ultimately there was um, there was an American movie. The, all the all the leads were always were Brits actually who did mm. very good American accents. But when it went to the West End, we brought a, 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 an actor named Matthew and we did a little tour here um, in in the in the Northeast in the Hudson Valley. And I decided to play Lee and it changed things a little bit up. It was kind of more of a memory play, but that was fun. So. There were there were there were a lot of leads, a lot of leads, and uh, I mean, who played Lucy? Little... Lucy was played by the same woman all the time, a really wonderful actress named Sandra Dickinson, who is American, who moved to England about 50 years ago, became very successful doing TV and doing theater. Looks nothing like Lucille Ball, nothing. I came out there after she was cast, and I thought, like, what the. Can I say fuck on your show? You, I guess yes, I you did. can. We say what we want. <laughs> oh, okay. I said, what the farce? What the fuck? What the fuck? I said, what the fuck? Um, this woman was like shorter than Lucy and a little heavier than Lucy. And she, her voice very And But when she put on the wig and the makeup and the director gave her great notes and I gave her some great notes about how deep she should sound, it was it was really amazing, and you can actually watch pieces of it if you go on you know if you if you go to I Love Lucy online, you can find little clips of of of, of the show, and you can see how good she she is. She really is terrific. So that was um, and she channeled Lucy. You know you can't. That's another thing with these biofilms yeah. and stuff. Um, you know the other thing I I love Nicole Kidman, a great actress, and I'm not going to really go into depth about her performance, but all, only to say that, well, only to say that I think she was miscast. Although I won't go into anything deep about it, other than I think she was totally, other than I think she was totally miscast, and she hasn't moved her face in years. But other than that, I won't go into anything. Okay, um, so I'm going to ask you this question: simple. If who would you have casted? in the film and evidently she didn't want Aaron Sorkin to direct so she kind of left the project I thought she would have been very good um, I know these days you have to have a big star to sell I mean that's just a fact of life you have to have a big star for, for my film I'll just give you an example which takes place when Lucy was 70 very very different obviously you can't have somebody like Nicole Kidman although, although Nicole Kidman was like 10 or 15 years older then Lucy was portrayed, but in my there's an actress named Jean Smart. Do you know who Jean Smart is? Everybody knows oh, yeah. who Jean Smart yeah, yeah. Hacks and you know, and I think she'd be terrific. And we're hoping maybe she'll consider doing my film. But I think it's better served. It can't be for practical purposes because you can't get a film financed without big stars. But I think mm. if I had my druthers in the best of all possible worlds, where you didn't have to worry about making movies and money. I would love to just actually you was an actress like Nicole Kidman. I think it's very it's very challenging to portray for a famous person to portray another famous person. Do you, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. it, Absolutely. It, would be, it would be like it would be like Shirley MacLaine playing Lucy, let's say in my film. You would just mm -hmm. know that Shirley MacLaine playing Lucy. So I would love to 
I would love to see one day. That's what was so great about Sandra Dickinson because she was not well known mm. and she wasn't really imitating Lucy as much as she was channeling her. And um, so I said that's, you know, that's my short answer. I just think, I, I, I don't know who I would really, it's, it's very challenging. I'm not sure who I, you know, people talk about Deborah Messing, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't think. Oh my Deborah God, Messing I love really. Zasbro. She lives in Italy now. She's one of my neighbors in Florence. Oh really? She was yeah. Interesting. Um, I I I think she might have been okay, but she's very TV and you know, and, and she looks a lot like her, which is good. But I, I don't know. I really don't have. Um, oh, Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt or somebody like that. No. Um, <laughs> I I was waiting for that question. I was waiting. I had that all lined up. Oh, I don't know. See, Lee is easier in a sense because you don't have to have a famous person to carry the film as Lee. As a matter of fact, it would really be better if you didn't have a famous person because, again, mm-hmm. for the same reason, um, you know, people talk about Timothy Chalamet, who's this very young, you know, mm-hmm. actor now who's very hot. Um, there's an actor I love named Michael Urey, who's a, a TV and theater actor. Um, mm-hmm. they're, 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 Lee is easy. Seriously, I think Lee is easy. I don't know. I, I, I don't know, but I think a great actor to play Lee doesn't have to be famous. You know, I think it's actually in a way better because Lucy was the famous one and I was not the right. famous one. So it kind of makes sense even in the film, you know, to have that. So um, here's what I, I know. know. Lee. So just... Here's what I know. When you start casting that show, I want to sit in when you're casting yourself. <laughs> I want to be a part I'm of a, that I... casting. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be my own casting couch. Yes, somebody's right. somebody's gonna have to be really good. At, somebody's gonna have to be really good in bed to get the part. To get you know, Lee's you know, have I to go love to it. Let's go back to old school Hollywood. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's the way things were done. Exactly, <laughs> That's the way exactly. Done. So let You're me throw this question, to you. and we're gonna play a song right now in just a minute. But I want to throw this question to you, which is: Would you revive the stage? I love Lucy version. Oh, you mean do do it again? What we did on stage? Yeah. Um, yeah, possibly. You know, it had its run. I was very satisfied with it. Probably, it would probably um, cannibalize the movie version. I keep adapting the movie from really the, the source material is really the book. The play was lovely. It was a two-hander. It took place around a backgammon table. But the movie you can really take out and have other characters and really kind of so it's it's the it's the book, which is also by the way available on Audible, which I did the narration for, which I'm very proud of. That I did that about ten years ago. And that continues to sell well. It's and, and the book, which is available on Amazon. Um, so they should get your meditative book and then they should meditate on Lucy. That's what they Absolutely. should do. Absolutely. But should sell you're, it not sell it you're not going anywhere. We're going to play a song right now. When we come back, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. One, I'm going to set it up now so you can think about it during the song is, what is some Uh-oh. of the best advice that Lucy ever gave you? All right. When okay. we come back, Lee Tan and my guest is going to tell us that answer. You're listening to Max and Friends. Now we're going to play from when I'm not doing his thing. And this is a song that he, I always love telling Ash, he wrote it for this show. It's called Beautiful Light. That's what you all are to me. Happy Valentine's Day from me to you. It's like Casey Kasem right now on Max and Friends. Ash Ruiz, Beautiful Light. We'll be right back with my guest, Lee Tannen. Stay tuned.
Talk Radio. This is Max and Friends. That was Beautiful Light by my pal Asheruist. In the middle of that song, Lee, I have to share with you, I just got the layout draft for my book. And I'm about to weep. It is so gorgeous. But I want to talk about your book right now. And this is for the cookbook that I'm doing, the Delmonico cookbook about Oscars Delmonico, my family's uh, run of the world-famous Delmonicos from 1927 to 1987. And we're talking, it's just like you would appreciate this. When you got that first copy of I Love Lucy, what was going through your being? Oh, my God. It was like, well, I, I just, I, I thought it was like a different author and they made a mistake and they sent it to me or something. It was just, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's incredible. They sent me, St. Martin's Press sent me like, you know, 50 books, you know, to kind of to have and whatever. I, it, it really, well, the whole experience, I mean, you know, I thought it was a, it's a thing, you know, and um, so I was thrilled that I had a great agent and a great editor at St. Martin's Press. And But it's still a kick when people write me letters, and I'm sure you feel the same way, and they write your fan stuff, and, you know, they tell you how much they enjoy your book. It's a, it's a really, it's, 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 it's very cool to see that, to see your words on a printed page. It's, it's like it's like weepful. It's so amazing to like, you know, it's all the, and it's hard work. You know, books are I call them the elephant birth. They take so much time to 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 get right, you know, and it's like it's a beautiful thing. So sorry for the segue, but I wanted you to be a part of that because you're a New York icon. And so is, you know, my story. So here we are. But before we went to the song, Beautiful Light, I'm dedicating that to you. Happy Valentine's Day, Leah. You'll be my first Valentine this year. <laughs> Thank you. I'm happy to be a VG. 
Thank you. I'm happy to give you a VD. Um, so with that <laughs> said, uh, you know, there's a pill reading these days. Uh, I, with the question, what a segue that was. <laughs> I left you with the question. What's the something that, that Lucille gave to you that you remember some wonderful, like sage advice? Never do an interview. <laughs> and here you are. <laughs> I was and waiting for that whole song. Well. <laughs> that whole fucking five-minute song. I was waiting to say, never give an interview. No, she didn't say that at all. She said, um, she said, be careful what you say on interviews. I, I, I threw that one out the window when I told you about being the Ricardos. Um, but um, Sage advice, yeah, she did. Um, well, she gave me a lot of different advice. When it, she gave me silly, not silly, she gave me advice, real estate advice. She told me that if I wanted to buy a house, when I was looking to buy a house in on Kauai, in Hawaii, she said, always buy in the buy the small house or biggest house you can afford in a not so good area. So I thought that was that's kind of common sense, but I thought that was very, very good advice, and that and that helped me out on a more on a more serious or a more um, uh, important note. She told me. She was a big believer in the power of positive thinking. You know, Norman Vincent Peale, uh, the power of positive thinking, this should appeal to you because you're a, you're a positive thinker. Um, that power of positive thinking is that if you want something bad enough, you go ahead and do it. As you said, I think in your intro when you were talking endlessly about yourself. Um, um, you're Thank, you Thank you for noticing. Thank you for noticing. You're supposed to laugh at that. You, you know if what? You don't laugh I just at my heard joke. it way back in my head. I was like, did that motherfucker just shade me on my show? I, <laughs> Thank I mean, you for noticing. If you don't noticing. laugh at my jokes, we have to end this conversation. Yeah, I, I can't do my own jokes at them. But it's all, um, I thought exactly. we were talking about stepping on the gas and getting into your favorite car. I like that. I like those images, you know. And that was heard, you know, if you want to make this film, for instance, if I want to make this film, do everything I can to make this film. Don't let obstacles stand in your way. Don't let missteps stand in your way. Don't let people stand in your way. Don't let discouragement stand in your way. Mm -hmm. Just go and do it. And because that's how she lives her life, you know. And so that's, 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 that's a great piece of advice, I think, which is universal. Absolutely universal. So let's talk about, you know, you had mentioned earlier on in our interview about watching the volumes of I Love Lucy's. Do you have a favorite episode? Oh, sure. Uh, Vitamin to Benjamin is my favorite episode, I think. You know, Vitamin to Benjamin or The Grape Stomping or The Chocolate Factory, you know, the ones that are really everybody's greatest hits. Come on. But I, I love, maybe I could pick out one or two episodes that were kind of meh. You know, but I mean, 179 half-hour shows every week. I mean, it was great for Lucy to tell me about the, the process of doing them and how, how she had to um, she had to forget the lines because they, you know, they got a new script on Monday and then by Friday they were filming. And then they had to, like, throw that out of their heads. You know, all those lines you throw out of your head to start mm -hmm. the new lines the next week. That's pretty incredible to have that, to do that you know, 26, 26 shows a year for like six, seven years. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, all right. We have like a few minutes left. I want to go down a list of, I want to go down on you and a list of names, Lee Tannen. Um, <laughs> we, could spend, we could spend longer than that. Okay, go on. There we go. Well, you know, time is of the essence, right? I don't want no Minuteman either. Yeah. Unless, the only Minuteman I want is someone to press shirts. 
but association is what we're calling it here. So I'm going to give you a name okay. and tell me what you, what comes up in you or what comes out of you or what comes when I tell you these names. You ready? It's a yeah. Valentine's Day show. All right. Joan Rivers. Funny as hell. Elizabeth Taylor. Always late. Barbara Cook. Incredible singer. Shirley MacLaine. Incredible actress, crazy as a loon. Liza Minnelli. <laughs> Liza Minnelli. Liza Minnelli. Um, <laughs> I did her wedding. I produced her wedding to David Guest. That was the, the we have, that, that's a whole other show you have to invite me on just to talk for 40 minutes. Or oh, minutes. the show, I love Liza. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love Liza. You should just do, you should do a volume of books. I love Lucy. I loved Liza. I love Barbara Cook. I love Joan Rivers. I love Shirley MacLaine. And I would love to have the whole volume on my bookshelf about all this I'll love for all I these women. I'll do, I'll do I Love Max. You can do, and then we can have the second, like, you know, then there's the next collection, I Fucked So-and-So. <laughs> Which volume would be bigger, I the I Loved or the I Fucked? <laughs> I take the fifth. And you know what? We're going to have to take the fifth because all of a sudden this show just became explicit. And I know that everyone at Podbean is going to go insane because now we have to click explicit instead of a clean show. Um, I'm not done with oh, the word association, though. <laughs> um, Gypsy Rose Lee. Yeah. Oh, you want the Gypsy Rose Lee? Um, I. Mm, Hungarian. <laughs> goulash <laughs> um goulash goulash right goulash. virginia graham lived in lucy's building in new york city did she yes 211 east 70th street tody fields oh funny 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 lady I love it. You know, all of these women dined at Delmonico's. That's why I'm bringing them up. But um, ah. it was fascinating with um, with um, Virginia Graham because Virginia Graham, I found pictures of her actually at the restaurant. And I phoned her, gra her grandson and her grandson introduced me to her granddaughter. And now all these years later from when she first had that picture taken. At so um, it's so fascinating to like hear these stories of all these you know, amazing women. My mom was neighbors with Tody Fields. So, um, you know, that was, my mom said she was the best neighbor to ever have. And she said her feet never touched the, she would sit on the sofa and her feet wouldn't touch the ground. <laughs> so right, before right, we go, right, right, right. we have a couple more names and then we're going to wrap this show up. And I'm going to throw it with this, Gypsy and Lancelot. Oh, those are my dogs. Those are my dogs. <laughs> and I now have, I gave you, I gave you an older bio. I'm sorry. The, the bio should really read Gypsy and Gypsy and Lancelot and Daphne. I have now three sheepers, Gypsy, Lancelot and Daphne. And um, so, and um, yeah, so that, that's, uh, those, those are, those are my, my loves, my loves of my life. What I know for sure is that when mother meet with soon, she, and my mom used to have a ton of Shih Tzus and she would walk out of her apartment at Sutton Place South with like 20 Shih Tzus in a big sable, big sunglasses. And she was quite the spectacle. 
So I don't oh, know if, like, I, I should I say, since since you told me I needed an updated bio, like, should I even say the name Tom? <laughs> uh, actually, actually, you can you, you, actually seriously. He, can, can this be edited at all? I'm I'm being serious. Can this show be no. edited at all? We are live and oh, no. Well, <laughs> well, there you go. Then, then the, the, that that's the end of that. Then it's it's okay. It's an old bio. You could say Tom. <laughs> Let's leave All it right, at that. All right, there we go. We'll <laughs> leave it at that. And the last name for the day for the game, Lucille Ball. Unfucking forgettable. I love it. That's the name of the movie, Lucille Ball. Unforgettable. This interview. I appreciate you, Lee Tanner, for joining me. You know, you dropped some words along the way, like kismet and whatnot. I'm going to leave you with it. Give me great naches to have you on the show today. Ah, oh, great naches. Yes, thank you. Very great. Naches, how do you even let us very well? You're Yiddish by injection, I guess, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Hey, Lee, can you keep a secret? Sure. So can I. I love you for being on Max and Friends. <laughs> 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 but listen, Thank when you. I get out of- and you know what? Let me just say, let me just uh, yeah. let me say for somebody out there who might be listening. There's another Lee in my life. We'll just leave that. We'll leave that at that. There's another How Lee in my life. How much fun is Lee squared? Lee squared. There's another Lee in my life, but that he shall remain Leeless. <laughs> He'll be Leeless. And I have to give a big shout out to Tom for together. Tommy, De- Tommy DeGal, you mean Tommy DeGal? I love my Tommy. Yeah. Yeah, Tommy, Tommy was like, the two of you are going to have a good time. <laughs> well, he was very sweet to put us together. I, I do. I, I actually called him, and I, and, I, and I thanked him for that. So anyway, um, this is great. Thank you, I would thank love to you. chat. When, and, listen, and when enjoy, I and, 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 um, and I'm at, and this yeah. is a balance. This is, this is it's nice to be on on Sunday night. I get it. It's great to be here on Sunday night, the day before Valentine's <laughs> Day. And, <laughs> and, and I'm, a, I'm a quick study. And um, happy VD to everybody out there. May you all have a great VD. You know, I was going to ask you, what do you want to give our listeners for this next moment? And that's it. May all your VDs have a happy ending. <laughs> may all your VDs, may all your VDs have a happy ending. Exactly. Or may exactly. all your VDs start with a happy ending. <laughs> all right. I'll, I mean, on a high note. All right. Um, said when I come up to New York, we're gonna get together. We're gonna have a great time. You'll come over to the farm and you'll meet everyone. You'll meet my tribe. I'll meet your tribe, and we're gonna continue this conversation. And when you want to talk about Liza Minnelli, you're always welcome to come back on Max and Friends. First time you're a friend, second time you're family. All right. It was great. Thanks so much. Have a great one. I love Lucy. I love Lucy. It's Lee Tannen's book. Buy it now. Now is more the time than ever to buy the book because. You can see into 10 years of a life that you all love because you're obviously watching this film. Raise the vibrations if you don't like the film. Buy the book, I Love Lucy. Go to audible.com and buy it. Stay tuned for the movie. And Lee, we're going to catch up real soon. Thank you for being on the show. You're so welcome. Have a great one. You too. Before I let you all go, I love you all for tuning in to Max and Friends. Valentine's Day, tomorrow, my birthday. I love you for real for tuning in. It means the world to me. 14 years I'm here because of you, my listeners, and all that love me. Seven years. Thank you. I appre- I May I live? Look, God willing. God willing. <laughs> God willing. With that said, God, I love you all for tuning in. Good night. Good karma. Take life to the max. And remember to love yourself today more than ever. Because if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? As RuPaul would say, take that over the Brooklyn Bridge. I'm your host, Max Tucci, for Max and Friends.